Thank you, Elise. Good morning, Chapel Hill. Thanks for coming out this morning. Uh, I'm excited about developing a, a partnership with New Life Family Services. Uh, we worked with them in the uh, process of adopting our third son, and so uh, they hold a special place in our hearts for sure. Um, I also just want to remind you that when it comes to prayer in this church, that um, that you take advantage of the prayer letter that we do, um, the opportunity to receive those prayer letters and be involved in prayer. Prayer on Wednesday evenings here with other people, um, our emergency prayer chain. Um, and I just have to say, um, we're we're busy in the category of prayer needs right now. Um, keep this church in your prayers. Uh, we have a, a middle school girl, actually Grace Herzog, is having an appendectomy today. Um, and so keep her and their family in your prayers. And there's just, there's an awful lot going on. Um, and so stay connected with this church through prayer. It's a, it's a critical part of what we do. Well, um, I hope you all had a meaningful Christmas celebration uh, it was a great season. Um, I want to thank you again, Chapel Hill, for being good hosts. Um, we had opportunities over this Christmas season to be good hosts. Um, like last Sunday, uh, this place was cram-packed full of people. Um, God brought us all kinds of visitors from all over the place. Um, please keep praying that God speaks clearly to those who were here um, last Sunday and for the musical and other opportunities that we've provided, uh, people who don't regularly come to a church. Um, also, let us know if you had extended family or neighbors or friends with you um, here this Christmas and you'd like us to pray for them. Let us know how we can be lifting them up on their journey. We want to be doing that for each other on a regular basis, just lifting up each other's circle of influence and praying for God to move in their lives. Well, uh, tonight, as hard as it is to believe, we wrap up another year. Uh, 2023 is over, and for old guys like me, uh, time seems to go faster and faster with every single year. Um, as old as I am, I've been alive long enough to have seen some science fiction movies that describe this time as being very different than what it is. Um, we have, it's hard to believe that, you know, the year 2000 and on was like central to a lot of sci-fi movies back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Um, I, I do uh, even remember uh, some music that spoke to this. Um, I'm a fan of, a, of an old 80s alternative band called Daniel Amos, and they did this song way back then, and the words of the song were, uh, it's the 80s, where's my rocket pack? And uh, they just had this, it was the song of lament, like where is that technology, how come I don't get to fly everywhere? But anyway, around the changing of the years, um, we often do something that I think is a really valuable exercise, and I want to lead us through something similar this morning. We do a lot of year-in-review things. Um, I do enjoy things like music countdowns, top songs, or top albums of the year. Um, and we look ahead as well, what are the trends to watch for in 2024, all that kind of stuff. And so, as cliche as this may sound, we're going to do some looking back and looking forward for the next little while. And as I thought about this, I realized that this could be a very valuable exercise for me. And it is and was. And then it turned into a really scary exercise for me. And then I realized I, I just have to do this. And so I'm going to pull you into the process because I believe that this is where God wants to take us this morning um, as we're at this turning point. So... 
Let me start by giving you some background that supports where we're going with this message, all right? Um, This is not a modern concept. We've been taught by God that this is truly something that he has in mind for us, and here's what I mean when I say that. When I became a follower of Jesus and I put my life in his hand, my journey as one of his followers began. It started there. It didn't end as if I had arrived. That desperate cry that God heard from me was only the beginning of a life of following Jesus. And that's not news to any of us. You've heard me state that in various ways for years here. But today is not just about whether or not I believe this. I do believe this. Today, as we turn the corner on another year, this is about what I do with this and what we do with this. The turning over of a new year provides us with a perfect opportunity to acknowledge the fact that we are on a journey. Um, Last week, I talked about how God called us into this wild, nomadic ride of a story. Our call from Jesus was, follow me. It was an active call. It was not congratulations, you've made it. It was follow me. Life, even this temporary earthly life, is going somewhere. It's not static. It's not a destination that we've already reached. And we're not the first ones to have figured this out. Uh, The Apostle Paul is a fantastic example of someone who understood this really well. Paul is the one who said in a letter that he wrote... And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. But does that mean that God started something in us when we were adopted into his family, left us alone for life, and then will suddenly do what he wants to do in us in the second that Jesus comes back? I don't think this is what it means at all. And Let me continue referencing Paul as I answer why I think this means something else. Remember who Paul was before he met Jesus. Paul was the opposite of a follower of Jesus. He was an enemy of Jesus. He was a persecutor of followers of Jesus. Paul was not a nice guy. He was a powerful and evil man. And then he met Jesus. And that encounter had a huge impact on Paul, as it should for every single one of us. And like happened with us, Paul experienced the incredible mercy and forgiveness of God when he met Jesus. So had Paul arrived then? Was his journey over? Well, of course not. And we know that from reading his letters. His life goes on to become a humbling model for us of what happens when Jesus takes over your life. Paul wasn't simply forgiven and handed a ticket to heaven to be used whenever his life might end or when Jesus comes back. Paul embarked on a journey and his understanding of that is showcased in the letters that he wrote to the churches. For example, to the church in Thessalonica, Paul wrote... We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Paul was thankful that ongoing growth and increase was taking place. 
Why? Because he knew that this is exactly what God wanted to see happen in the churches, but also in his own life. Their salvation experience was not the end. It was always God's intent that transformation would take place in the church, and Paul was seeing it happen. They were becoming more and more like the, the bride of Christ was intended to be. God didn't just change their status one day and then leave them alone and move on to some other group of people to make that one initial step with that change. Paul celebrated what he saw happening, but he also knew that there was more transformation coming, and he prayed for that process to continue in their lives and in our lives. And I would ask you to make that one of your prayers for Chapel Hill in the coming year. Pray that our faith grows abundantly and that our love for each other increases continuously. This is to be an ongoing process in this church and in every church, in God's global church. Now, Paul wasn't the only one who caught this. Peter, also a great model for us of someone who surrendered to the transforming power of Jesus, spoke very clearly about this as well in what he wrote. You'll find this idea throughout First and Second Peter. In some cases, it literally jumps up and slaps you in the face. It's that obvious. Like it is in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 8, where Peter writes this. He says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. There's no indication in that letter that the church had arrived. Later in his letter, Peter returns to the idea of them growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. In his first letter, Peter urged the church to long for pure spiritual milk. He knew that they were saved, but they were still infants in their faith, and they needed to grow. We all need to grow. We haven't arrived. That transformation has to continue. The life of a Jesus follower is a life of growth and a life of maturing constantly. But as I've also said many, many times, we don't do that maturing ourselves. God increases our faith. God expands and deepens our love for each other. God matures us. He grows us up. And so we will never leave God out of the process of transformation. It's entirely dependent on Him. Okay, let's make this personal and practical. New Year's is a time to look back and to look ahead. And that's exactly what we're going to do right now. But we're going to make this specific to the transformation that's taking place in our lives. Let's start here. What did you see God do in you in 2023? But I want you to leave circumstances out of this for now. This is not about what God provided for you. This is not about that great vacation, the new car, the achievements at work or school or on your team. It's not about those things. This is not about what God did in someone else. This is specifically about what God did in you in the past year. God was at work transforming you. He was. What did he do? 
And yes, I know this may not be the easiest thing to recall. We don't just, every time we see God doing something, we don't just open up our phones and our notes app and put a little note in there, this is what God did in me today. We are well aware of what God provided us with. We're well aware of what he did to make our circumstances better or easier or less painful, but what did God do in you? How did he transform you in the past year? Now let me narrow it down for us to get us going. Let's consider what Paul and Peter, who I just read from, let's consider what both of them focused on. Paul thanked God for what was happening in Thessalonica. Their faith was growing abundantly and their love for each other was increasing. Then we read what Peter wrote about supplementing what's happening in us. He started with faith and ended with love. What has God done in you regarding your faith in 2023? How has he transformed your faith? This is something that I had to think through for myself. Since both Paul and Peter addressed faith, I felt like I should too. It's a good guide. I asked myself how God has transformed my faith in the past year. And that journey through the past year was very encouraging for me. And then it was pretty discouraging. And then back to encouraging again. Because I'm human. And I can see how I get in the way of what God's trying to do in me far too often. Last year, as you know, was a post-sabbatical year for me, a significant part of what led to me taking a sabbatical was the reality that my faith had gotten off track. And what I mean by that is that I had begun to put too much faith in myself and not nearly enough faith in God. Because I was putting too much faith in myself, my anxiety had gone through the roof. And I started to see my own lack of ability to control things as a weakness, my weakness. And I began to really look down on myself because of that perceived weakness. The last year I've seen God rebuild that faith for me. He enabled me to release many things and many people to him in his ability. That was an enormous gift. My gracious eternal father reminded me of who he is and what he's capable of. He took a lot of anxiety away from me. Now, not all of it. Not all of it. I think I'll always struggle with anxiety. I think many of us will always struggle with it. But maybe there's a purpose in that struggle and maybe the purpose is to remind us that things and people don't depend entirely on us. Well, Paul and Peter talked about love as well. So how did I see God working in me this past year in the love category? For me, this was also a post-sabbatical experience. I was dealing with a lot of hurt over having lost people in my life and not to disease or old age or anything physical, I lost people over politics. I lost people over the excessive damage that division was doing and is doing in our culture. And believe me, this is a great example of what I mean by ongoing transformation. Um, I have by no means arrived. 
loving someone who disagrees with me, who sees things differently from me, who wrote me off over insignificant debates, is hard. But I saw God do things in, in my life, in me, in this area. He increased my love. And I'm deeply grateful for that. All right, enough about me. What have you seen God do in you in 2023? And when something comes to mind that you've seen God do, what's your next move? Well, I think he deserves our gratitude and our praise. We need to thank him for what he's done. Honestly, there are many, many times when he's working because he loves us that much and we're not even aware of it. This is why I think we need to stop at an opportune time like New Year's and give thanks to God for what he's done in us. Thank you, Father, for doing this in me in the year 2023. Now, as hard as it may have been, or still is, to think of what God has done in you in 2023, there's a second step that goes along with this that could be even harder. I'm glad God set this in my mind as I was thinking about this Sunday, but I also kind of wish he hadn't. Um, gratitude is a fairly easy thing for us because it focuses on something that we have already received. But the other half of this requires something more complicated than gratitude. This part requires humility. This part requires trust. This part requires vulnerability. This part requires courage. Thank you, God, for doing this in me in 2023. Now, please do what still needs to be done. This transformation is a lifelong process. Some of it just happens because God loves us too much to just leave us the way we are. But much more of it can happen if we're willing to invite God to do more and we're willing to get out of the way of what he wants to do. Never mind what we want to accomplish in 2024. We all have goals. What does God want to accomplish in 2024? What about all those things that Peter listed between faith and love? What about virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection? What about the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5.22? God, do in me what still needs to be done in 2024. And honestly, brace yourselves for the ride. Now, I could stop there, but there were a couple more things that opened up for me as I sat with this idea, and I want to share those things with you. The second part of the exercise is this. Thank you, Father, for saying this to me in 2023. See, Jesus pointed out in John 10 that the sheep, that's us, know the shepherd's voice. He calls them, they hear his voice, and they listen to him. There's some communication happening here. The shepherd speaks. The sheep listen because they know the shepherd's voice. John referred to Jesus as the Word. Jesus was God's voice in the world. David said that God's words were a lamp to his feet and a light for his path. 
Jesus' disciples, when asked by Jesus if they were going to leave him like so many others were at that time, replied by saying that he had the words of life. They weren't going anywhere. You and I have been given a document that is filled with the words of God, the words of Jesus. For thousands of years, he has spoken to us. So what did he say to you in the past year? What words of eternal life did you and I receive? Did you hear the shepherd's voice? What did he say to you? Did you learn some new truth? Did a verse come to life for you this year? Did a whole book of the Bible, was there something God said through his spirit that you instantly knew was his voice? Was God speaking to you? Did you receive a word of encouragement through someone else? Did God give you something to say to someone that encouraged them or built them up? Did he give you words of truth to speak into your child's life? Did he speak to you through them? God speaks a lot. Some people start a new year with one specific word that they believe God gave them for that year. Some people have a theme verse. Some people recognize that sometimes when God speaks, it's for their own comfort, for their encouragement, for their growth, sometimes even for their own correction. Maybe we need to start writing down at least some of what we hear from God. He is, after all, gracious enough to not always just be silent with us. Receiving a word or words from God is a significant thing. What did he say to you? Last week when I focused on the craziness of how much movement there was in the Christmas story, do you remember what I heard God saying through all this? He said, Paul, don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. There have been times when God has reminded me that I'm his son. He's declared to me how much he loves me. He's instructed me to be still And I've learned so, so much from studying his word and hearing him speak through the Bible. So, thank you, Father, for saying those things to me in 2023. And now you know what's coming next. Invite God to speak to you in the coming year. Tell him you're listening and then actually listen Tell him you're listening specifically for his voice. Tune in to hear him. Make some space to hear him above all the other noise in your life. Commit to the discipline of prayer. Commit to hearing him through his word, through the Bible. When he speaks, which he does all the time, confirm what he said with him. Say, Father, this is what I hear you saying. Am I hearing you correctly? Ask God to be specific when he speaks to you. Not that he needs help communicating. Ask for words that you specifically need to hear. Ask him for a theme word for the year, for a theme verse. Ask him to show you which book of the Bible he'd like to speak to you through in 2024. And be a very good listener. And put into practice what he's saying to you. I have one more for you to consider 
I don't want to waste the opportunity of an official changing of the years. You can see why today is a good day to focus on this kind of a message. So here's the third idea. Thank you, Father, for guiding me to do this in 2023. In the past year, God has guided you through many opportunities to serve him, to serve your family, to serve your neighbor, to share the truth about him, to have an influence on the people around you, to let his light shine through your life. And this isn't about bragging, this is about faithfulness. He calls us all to lay our lives down for him. Jesus calls us to follow him and consider where he went and what he did. Maybe you're thankful for a simple step that led to a deeper experience of community or helped develop a real authentic relationship for you in your life. Maybe it's something as simple as integrity that led others to seeing Christ in you. We've all had experiences when we knew we were doing what God wanted us to do in that moment. Thank him for that. We are constantly being equipped for ministry by God, and ministry comes in many forms. What did it look like for you this past year, and what do you need to communicate to God about that? But what still needs to be done? There will never be a moment in this lifetime when God doesn't have something that he wants us to do. And this is not about earning his favor at all. This is about advancing his kingdom, joining him in his mission. God is constantly on task. He's working towards the day when the clouds will open and Jesus himself will descend once again to set this world right. How can we join him in that mission? All it takes is a quick look around at our world and you'll have to agree that there won't be a time when there's nothing to do. And we can randomly choose from an endless list of opportunities at any given moment, but what does God have in mind for you? What does he have in mind for me? What does he have in mind for us? Ask for his specific guidance in the year ahead. And it's okay for us to ask him to be really obvious with us. Um, his will is not a riddle for us to solve. It's a mission for us to join him in. God has been very faithful to his family in 2023. I've seen it in this church over and over and over again. He has been incredibly faithful Let's remember that as we look back, he is worthy of our praise. He has faithfully done things in us. He has faithfully spoken to us. He has faithfully led us into serving him in his mission. Let's praise him for all those things. And as we look forward to another year, let's extend an honest and courageous invitation for God to do in us what still needs to be done to say to us what still needs to be said and to guide us into what still needs to be done in his kingdom for the sake of his mission. Now in the program you received on the way in, in case you haven't noticed it yet, is an outline from what I just said. Take it with you 
and spend some time processing these things. Work through these statements. Don't let this slip by as just another New Year's celebration of not having to work tomorrow. Let's take time to praise God for what he's done and to offer ourselves to him for what still needs to be done. So will you pray with me now and let's commit this to him. And as we just pause and get quiet before God right now, if you can respond to any of those statements right now to God, just do that. The quietness of your heart and your mind, just say, God, thank you for doing this in me in 2023. Thank you for saying this to me in 2023. Thank you for guiding me into doing these things in 2023. And then go ahead and make that statement to him. Father, please do what still needs to be done. Say what still needs to be said. Show me what you want me to do. And Father, I do thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for an amazing year. Thank you for the many, many ways we have seen your faithfulness in 2023. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. I thank you for what you've done in the life of this church, for the ways that we have grown, the ways that our faith has grown the ways that our love has increased. I see your hand all over the life of this church. I see the transformation work happening. And I praise you for that. And I ask this morning on behalf of Chapel Hill Church, I ask that you would do what still needs to be done in us. That you would say to us what still needs to be said. That you would guide us to do what still needs to be done. Show us where we can join you in your mission. God, you are so faithful. And we do thank you. And, and in the midst of all of the, the difficult things that have happened this past year, we know that you are still on the throne, that you are still faithful, that you are perfect, that you are loving, merciful, gracious. You are just. You are our father. You are our friend. You are our king. We praise you for all that. Thank you for being who you are. We lift up our praise and gratitude to you and we lift up our lives to you and ask for your will to be accomplished in the year ahead. And we do this in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Amen.